0: Eight. It's so fun.
1: You're living in your purpose. It's like artwork, baby. Yes, it is. It's like artwork. And let me tell you, it's like artwork, baby, because I'm meeting with one of my dearest and oldest friends right now, Rakis Petrie. I have known this man better than like 40 years, I think. 35 years I've known him. And he has an incredible life story. How you doing, Rakis? Welcome to Artwork of Purpose.
0: I am so happy to be here, and every day is the best day ever.
1: Live it up. Live it up. Live it up. Live it up. Well, you know, I'm excited to dive into just your story and your life because people who are living their lives authentically and original and sticking to it, those are the ones that get me fired up in life. In fact, you motivate me every time I see you online, and I thought, this is the 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 purpose of this show. I have to highlight and feature people like you because the world won't. And because there's people out here doing the grind, doing the work. And you, <laughs> you know what I mean. And you'll get recognized. I see you because you're doing your, your, your acting. You're, you know, performing. You're, you're doing all kinds of fabulous things. And I just think it's a moment. Let's take a moment to honor that work, um, you know, that you're doing. But before we get into that, like I, I told you about this segment before the show, as we were sort of prepping, there's this section called "I Got Something to Say." So, so listen. So everybody knows, like we live in a small town now, like, like, like about 20,000 20, people. I called a grocery store the other day and, you know, we're picking up beans and rice to have like Mexican night. Well, this woman comes over beside us and, you know, she gets in our way. We go back over by her cart because she, we we have uh, something to get like off the shelf, like stock or whatever. I'm Unbeknownst to be this woman, obviously Caucasian, leaps literally like a thousand feet across the store back over to her cart. Why? Because the curse is hanging wide open. Now let me just stop the music for a second. If you were that worried... That worried about your, perp, your purse being stolen? Because in DC, it would have been gone a long time ago. We're talking about a woman who turned her back on her, perp, or her purse and literally walked, I mean, I be like 10 feet away from it. And then when she sees me over by it, pulling something off the shelf, she leaps back over. I was like, sweetie, listen, if, I, if we were going to take your purse, it would have been gone. Secondly, but I'm here at a grocery shop in a town full of 20,000 people. It's not going to happen. So it's just annoying. So if you're that concerned about somebody stealing your purse, here's some fruit for thought. Keep it on your shoulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway so anyway i digress so anyway let's let's get into i just had to get that off my chest rakis look if i don't talk about it i'll end up like saying something really weird out in the community and if you're out here and like you're in a small town twenty thousand people you'll end up getting like blackballed like if you just curse them out so i figure you know,
0: I, think, I think they do that on purpose i think that was a big switch i think she <laughs> left it there she planted it there so that you so that that moment could happen. I think they're see, calling
1: these moments. You know what? See, this is why this is why you're in see this this is why I have friends like this. And you know like what? Say, you know you what? what? If you were
0: so concerned, if you were so concerned, you would have kept it on you. See? See? So I think you did on purpose. But anyway.
1: I, I think so too. Uh, you know what? See, I'm gl- I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm I'm the you know, Thank ya. there you go. That's my Reverend so and so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Rockies, Um Yes, sir. Dive in. Tell me. You yeah. know. Let's talk about it's a deep dive. It's a deep dive, baby. Look. Well, tell just tell me what was little Rockies like. Oh. You grew up with, and you grew up with my sister. Anyway, you you, you guys grew up together too, right? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I miss him. He was uh, tenacious. He was driven. He took. He did not take no for an answer. If it's something he wanted to learn, he went and learned it. He just, I mean, he was a force. That little guy was really something he, else.
1: <laughs> he was a force to be reckoned with.
0: He was a force.
1: I, 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 I imagine Little like, Rakeese, I imagine little Rakeese didn't know a stranger
0: no and no there was never and that 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 still carries with me today really and, you know i walk down the street people screaming my name i'm screaming their name the people on the ground the people above the ground the homeless people everybody we all are there ain't no strangers here see i have this feeling that it is a waste of life of time spent when you walk past people and you don't take time to see them mm. i think that is a waste of time i think you should see each other in that moment It's something you carry with you, you know Right, right. So I make it my attempt to reach everybody I pass. You know, it, on the ground.
1: There, and, and there's something special when you say you you see someone, because seeing someone could make the difference in whether or not they live another day.
0: Hallelujah! You know? Hallelujah. Right. This homeless man said to me the other day, I mean, I say homeless because that's what he is. He's a man, home insecure. Full insecure. I pass. He said to me yesterday, he said, you know what, um, what you he say? Uh, oh, he said, uh, thank you. And I was like, for what? He said, because you always look at me with respect. Even though I'm on the ground, you still greet me and see me the same. Thank you. I was like, oh. Right. Let's go.
1: Right. You know, when when you, you know, it was, one of the defining moments for me is when when, when I lived up north in, in California, San Francisco, the guy who managed the apartment that I lived with was just recently, at that time off the streets basically um he, he became secure from being housing insecure and he yeah. ran the building he was a veteran I got to know him Rockies turns out he is a dartmouth graduate a veteran but because he had PTSD from the oh. war from Vietnam you know like and sometimes it just got ugly and the, and the wraparound services weren't there he found yeah. himself he found himself living insecure on the street
0: it's a lot of people, there people that are, there are people that are home insecure for so many reasons right Mental illness is one right there are lots of reasons it's, it's it's crazy right i would overhear snippets of people talking to themselves he'd be like dude that's a story like that's what you what you what he's saying right he's like me my money you took my business like he had a whole real story and i was like wow right this is a repository for the
1: People left behind right I, I mean you know what it's you know in these in these Journeys they're so amazing and they and they connect and they intersect and so, yes yes all, I mean it's it's crazy so little Rockies so really little Rockies baby Rockies a little Rockies set the foundation um for so what was life like growing up in you grew up in DC right I
0: did grow up in DC You know what's funny? I've been probing other people on writing their stories. I never think about mine. So (laughs) now Mm -hmm. you're asking me this. Like, dude. Um, Growing up in the urban landscape of the 80s, I mean, there was all kinds of stuff. There was lots of influences. There was drugs. There there was go-go music. There were uh, I don't know, broken families. There was all kinds of stuff.
1: Trust me, we were all there together. We were all there living in that same
0: pot. It just was a thing, but (laughs) Somehow in all of it, we found, I mean, I found outlets for like creativity, Right. center. I went to Hobson, I joined the choir, musical theater. and So there were always places to land. So I didn't really get stuck in that. I could have. I've had lots of friends who were now dead and deceased and, you know, went a different route. But luckily the arts, I mean, helped save me, rescued me from that. Right. And it went on to Ellington.
1: How did you get to, so how did you get to Ellington? My you-
0: musical theater teacher at Stuart Hobson. Middle school carried me in her car, <laughs> like, kicking and your screaming. <laughs> You're going over here because I was actually thinking about going to Eastern because really? most of my friends going to Eastern. I was like, I can "Go join the choir." Yep. Whatever, whatever. But um, musical theater, she uh, Thomasina Allen. She took me, Rashid, and um, Daphne.
1: Oh remember God, Daphne? I remember. Oh, I remember Rashid too, and and Daphne. Wow.
0: Yes, yeah, she don't... took us over there in her car and just dropped us off. It's like Mike Malone. These are my kids. Take them. And that was the beginning of the end.
1: The beginning of the end. And let me tell you, it was the beginning of the end because I remember when I met you. You were upperclassman. I was an under- underclassman. I could just remember, like, my images of fame growing up and watching fame. When I went in and watched you with, like, your cohort in terms of the dance department, dancing and singing and acting silly in the hallways and acting and performing. But, like, these, like, Rakis, like, epitomized or uh, was the epitome of, like, what fame or what the arts was supposed to be. Is supposed to be on a well, daily basis. You
0: know, so, 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 I think that was my whole mission at Ellington. That was a part of my failure at Ellington because I came. So, I came into Ellington the world when I was fourteen years old, a year before, mm-hmm. maybe two years before coming to high school. But we came to street theater, mm-hmm. and it was the, it was a summer job for the artist and. They were all singing and dancing, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was that. Right. So when we walked in the gym, and all I could just see was art happening all around me, music, and they, I was smitten. Right. I think that stain, that carried me. Right. So when I got to Ellington finally, I was like, well, "Where are the people dancing, singing, and smitten? Where they at?" Right. And I protested that shit like, "We need art. This is y'all ain't y'all ain't doing art." Right. So I became like a bullier for that, like you should be doing art, and I did that. So that's what you saw.
1: I saw that, that energy.
0: Was, but that was the impetus. It came from right. my first um foray into the building. It was magical. It was stuff passing. It was a kaleidoscope of wonderfulness. Right. You know, all art form. You know, let, me,
1: let me correct myself. typified. That's the word I was looking for. I was like, I was... <laughs>
0: I like that one better.
1: You know, look, you know, it's like, you know, it's like some days you, uh, you get them, some days you don't. All right, go ahead. Agreed.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Um, so, anyway, so, so you, you, did you start I was out fighting and- for that? I was fighting for the kids around me who were coming from somewhere, not necessarily, didn't have the same. Place uh trajectory as me. Right. I was fighting for them to understand what art was because I was the last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. I was fighting to understand what they should be doing here and mm-hmm. how we should respond. I was fighting for that. So that's what you saw that passion to fight for what I had learned right. from my elders.
1: Right. So, right. Where is it? And, you know, what we well, you well, you? well, we'll see now we're, we're we're kind of the elders. Right. So, you know, the, the first hey, I don't, but, you know, what? at least at least we look good as elders. Right. Like we're not like <laughs> we're not ratchet elders. <laughs> so, you know, I was <laughs> I was talking to um, Sherelle. It was, was the first episode. And, you know, it, kind of we were talking offline. We we're thinking about it like like how do we help? move this this game um, or this the the arts forward because there's so many you know complexities and we'll get to that like when we get out into the career part of like um, for you but like how do we be the example because there's so much fighting now out in public and it really hurts it breaks my heart when I see like Oprah and Monique and Taraji and all this talking about these very systemic very highly complex you know matters in in entertainment and the arts that need to be sort of addressed more intentionally. But we'll, well get.
0: You know what though? I mean, that, you see with the hold on, to that. But see. I have a theory, right? Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: we have a lot of people who produce and create art who aren't artists, right? So they don't even have. Oprah's Oprah Winfrey, but she she became an actor, right? She didn't grow up in theater school and go. They don't know. They don't really know,
1: right? Right.
0: So what are we expecting? You know, we've been doing. Art. We went to we went to art high schools. That makes us different,
1: right? We were we plugged in.
0: Different arts. We learned to study art, right? These people came, came in a different way, right? So they don't know the same thing,
1: right? Right. Yeah. So, so, now yeah. But before, but before we get there, so and in, in, in thinking about your career there, I mean, director. Um, I mean, I watched your choreography. I watched those brilliant modern movements that you that you would choreograph on that stage okay. and. Okay. You took those young people, you took your friends, and you took things to another level. Where, where where did that creativity come from?
0: It harkens back to that first image I had when I came <sighs> in. Ellington. I wanted to replicate that shit. I wanted to do that again and again. How I, it's like crack. From what I hear, like once you smoke it, you want to keep chasing that. So I was chasing that high. Right. I wanted to do that again and again. That's really where it came from. I never wanted to be a director. See, people get this confused. I really just wanted to perform. Okay, my, my, my even my just them were like, You should go to Howard for directing. I never wanted to direct, I was only trying to get people to see that, which made me feel deeply that's all right. And so, with that, I became a director, I became a writer because the pieces I was looking for they did not exist, so I had to make them. So, I was never trying to be a director.
1: Well, well, I don't look if you weren't trying to be a director, that's great, but when you directed, it was fabulous god bless you hey, but
0: well, then i feel that's how i discovered it. <laughs> right <laughs> i wasn't looking i want to be a director i was studying the theater and i was a great student of the theater and musical theater and knew all about the makings of shows and harold prince and andrew lowe i knew about all that history as a student of the musical theater but yeah i wasn't trying to be a director let's go cool.
1: I'm sorry, keep, keep it going. Yeah, so, no, that that's that's incredible. Like, uh, I would have never ever known that. I mean, it was like, I remember coming in in the, in the class of 90, and I remember, you know, just seeing, you know, one of your first performances for the first time. And I just remember, like, where did he get this, like, this creativity? I think one of the ones that really stuck with me was something on stage. You had folks with umbrellas, folks like dancing. I mean, it was incredible, and uh, the imagery, um, the imagination, like, it was, it was, it was actually pretty. It was, it was really cool. So, when you left Ellington, yes, what, what were you like? What was next?
0: Well. Mike Malone had uh taken me to Howard University and was like Rockies is coming to G- coming to Howard University, he's gonna major in directing, walked me into the office, got a scholarship. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. Oh no. I, I just felt pushed. And and I and so then he took me in the hallway and said, What do you want to do? I said, Well, I don't wanna. I mean, I was I think I said something like, Well, I don't want to be looking for my job, the next job. <laughs> you know, but I do we doing that? Right. Whatever. But I had already auditioned for Amda in New York, mm. the American Musical Dramatic Academy. Mm-hmm. Went up to New York, auditioned, got accepted. So I was going to New York. I was going to be on Broadway. That was my thing as a dancer. Right. That was what I wanted. So I went to New York and I'm like, I'm 17. I'm in New York, living in living in New York, living on 72nd Street in the, what is it, the Ansonia building. No, that's where school was, in the Ansonia building on 72nd.
1: Upper, uh, upper East Side? Uh-huh,
0: upper West Side.
1: Upper West Side. You're on the West Side. Okay.
0: I'm on the Upper West Side, son. Broadway and Amsterdam. And that's my, that's my hood. Right. So anyway, I get to class. I'm the only black kid in class. And I was like, well, this is different. You know, coming from BC, which is an all black, mostly right. all black. It was black. So I was in junior high school.
1: It was black. It was black the whole time I was there.
0: So so now coming to Ellington and going, I mean, to New York and going, wherever that? And so I was in class, you know, with the people. And I felt targeted and yeah I like the spotlight was always on me you're the black guy you're the black guy you're the black guy and
1: i, I didn't like that so I ran away i escaped <laughs> you know there, there's, there's something that Sherelle I, I was saying this before that when you're in dc you get such a sense of self you don't really think about what it means i don't know if you want to say from a, from you think about it you don't you don't know what it, you, you don't think about what it means to be black other than maybe on an academic perspective or at least from a from a being the minority because we grew right. up in a majority city we grew up not thinking about being black. Yeah. Not, from, not yes. to that degree. I mean, did we talk about issues? Of course. I mean, I got pictures. We we protested. We talked about things that were happening in the world. We were very aware of injustice. Yeah. But on our daily le- life, like, I think we had other PTSD. We had to worry about, like, you know, things urban things that we were dealing with. Yeah, I but, agree. but when we moved to these white environments, I mean, and that's not trying to racialize our existence. So it's just, it's true. But it's true. I mean, I remember the first time I left town, um same. I was sitting down in George Mason and people kept coming up to me telling me how their daddy, granddaddy owned slaves and how they were part of the family. Like, it was just a regular conversation. But we didn't have that experience. We had. We were talking about—who were we talking about? Langston Hughes, Duke Ellington, and Alvin Ailey. We were talking about all these people. We weren't talking about antebellum civil war. Not on that level.
0: And I want to say this to you, which I, would, I just realized, even from you, like— So when you you go out into the world, all already in their own direction, Mm -hmm. just now I'm realizing that you had the same experience that I had. So that is a trauma that we all shared and we never even talked about it. Never even talked about it. I know. Maybe never even realized that that is, I, I hate keywords and shit that everybody uses trauma. Right. But that was something that we dealt with that nobody, that we didn't know that we were dealing with. Right. And then didn't know how to get out of it or fix it or heal that.
1: I did not know how to deal with that situation, Rakesh.
0: At all, and did you know? Did you know that it was a situation? Did you go, oh, light bulb, or just? Was it just something wrong? I
1: mean, um, what was that like? For you? So, so it was interesting. You asked me that question because at first it was a puzzle. like, like they had a puzzled look, like you're like something's not right with this conversation. What's like, wrong? why are all these people that I think they look good, like they're cool looking people? They're they're they, they 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 grew up in the arts themselves because there was this program called the Page Program at George Mason, and so I went yeah. to Mason first, and and um, so all these artsy kids and these education education students, and they were all around me. But why is it when we were in these interviews settings why did the conversation always go about like oh my granddaddy owned slaves and they they, they were part of the family like, I could not from a pathological perspective you know I could articulate this now and more intelligently but then I had no idea keys and that's why I was gone at six months and like and then but then I was back home I went to Montgomery College and then that's why I went to Long Island after that um, so by I, didn't know,
0: I didn't know that this is all interesting.
1: Wow. Yeah. By the time 96, 97 happened, I threw myself into Long Island, which was a whole nother set of issues. Because that was the first time I went to a hair salon. And I walked into the hair salon in Smithtown, Long Island. um And I asked a woman, I said, hey, do you have a barber? Like somebody can cut my hair. She says, let me see if I can find someone that can cut ethnic hair. <laughs> I, that wasn't my experience in DC because everybody was at yeah, it. It was like, oh yeah, all right, hold on, let me see, let me, see, let me see your hair. All right, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get Jimmy to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a totally different experience. And you're right; it's they expect different things from you. Oh, you can dance.
0: Oh, you can do yeah. this. I, I just didn't realize that that was a thing. Like I didn't realize I knew that I had had that experience and had forgotten about it. Right. But I didn't realize it was a thing that all of us had experienced. That's a whole another movement. Yes. Kids who come to inner cities in the eighties, nineties who go out into the world and are confronted with confronted with the idea that they're black for the first time.
1: Right. Anyway. Right. Well, you feel stupid saying it because you know you grew up in the 80s and 90s. You remember the crack epidemic. You remember what it was like to live in the city with with like shootings and all this stuff. But you knew about that from—it was never—at least from here. In D.C., it was very unique. Maybe L.A. probably was unique in its own way for those who lived out there. But for D.C., it was very unique. It was neighborhood by neighborhood, block by block, right? Uh, Fifth Street with 12th Street, and they beefing. And then something stupid happens, right, at Black Hole. Like, it was, it's literally that kind of thing. But when you, but you know go... What?
0: I could never, my grandmother would never let me go to the go-go. I never went to the go-go. Back.
1: Oh, yeah, mine That's neither. It. Mine We live right down yeah, the street on 11th Park Road. They wouldn't, they would never let me go up to the Black Hole. Dude, Uptown was gangster, dude. <laughs> back then. Oh, we go up to the Murray's on Georgia Avenue back then. There was crackheads, like all kinds of stuff. You know, you go to your so, block. Oh, so
0: I lived on, I lived on the Capitol Hill, like uh, by the Coliseum. It's
1: right, changed. right
0: were anyway, interesting. Thank you for the traumas. <laughs> <I
1: remind you. laughs> but yeah, that. but that's what it was like when you leave a city, you understood that you had the good, the bad, the ugly, but you were living right next door to your doctor. You were living across the street from, you know, the person who worked in the mail room uh, down the street from the teacher. Everybody lived in community together in harmony. Yeah, it was
0: community. And we, that, well, that was the end of the community.
1: So, that was the end of so, the community. Right. But
0: I've been, so going so that so that's what it was like for me in New York. It was a culture shock.
1: Right. It was
0: white people everywhere, and it was just was like, and I, I for the first time was an uh, was a bear in town. Right. I felt like in Alaska, like I feel like a bear. All the white people, are like everybody was like, "What
1: are you doing here?" Oh, it I was like, it was like I want to touch your hair moment. It was like the first time I went to the Boston College when I was in Boston. The the, the soccer team, I went to their house, and I used to care of this like Huey Newton fro. And then yeah. you, you can pull it all the way down to here. And this one girl, she had woman, she happened to be a young student, blonde, like. And she came up to me. and She said, "Can I just touch your hair?" And I said, wow. "I said, well, why I, mean,
0: don't,
1: I, don't I said, "Well, why the f do you think you need to touch my hair?" She goes, "Oh, because it's so." It's just, she goes, "Because I like it. I just, I want to touch it." And I was like, "Well, if you give me your phone number, you can touch it." I <laughs> you know I'm being appropriate at the same time.
0: Yes, <coughs> I mean, I, listen. I understand everything. I get it. I've touched hair too. So, well, yeah. I mean, but it's but it is
1: interesting when you get thrown into an environment where that wasn't your reality growing up because yeah, it wasn't exactly. like we grew up in Montgomery County.
0: Yes, I worked. I worked at Montgomery College too. Oh, did you? Uh, later on, uh, summer dinner theater and and I used to your shows for the, you know, for the college. No, that's
1: that's very cool.
0: That's now, you know, very, that was a period of my life too, going into that. You know, I've been in the white world several times as a choreographer. Right. As a as a bright. I mean, I've been in that world several times.
1: But okay, so but but, but so before we bounce on that on, and move into another another white world, let's go to chapter one. White world chapter one. Let, let yes. us do a chapter one. So you were in New York, Upper West Side. You had yeah. this was the nineties for you. So you had you had the limelight. You had all these fabulous nightclubs that I mean right. I
0: Limelight.
1: Oh, I was about that limelight life when I was living in Long Island. We would come all the way. I kissed the Long Island Railroad all the way in the city with my buddy, and um and we go to Limelight. We would go there all night long. Tell, of- tell
0: me the address of Limelight.
1: Limelight. Oh, where was the old Limelight? Let me see. Was
0: it in the village or was it in town?
1: It was. I thought it was in Limelight. It was at, at the church. Um, I thought it was in town, New York City. Uh, I know
0: that, right? We saw this thing called Waterworks or some shit, but. I, 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 you know, listen, I was um, I also had a job. I worked at the video store. I oh, would did deliver you? Videos. So I would ride my bicycle and deliver videos.
1: Oh, that's dope. And
0: use the popcorn. So I didn't really
1: That is really the video store. What, what, what kind of video store was it, Keith? Was it a video store or was it one of the video stores? I
0: mean, It was both. I would deliver <laughs> to John McEnroe. No, regular video store. And I would deliver videos to John McEnroe's house. I would Oh, that's there it time is.
1: Time. Sixth Avenue West, two hundredth. That's West Twentieth Street. Um, oh, I, remember,
0: I remember the name
1: of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah. That was amazing. I was like- Oh, yeah, I know you've been there. I mean, it was some of the hottest, like, shows and, like, DJs in the in the world would go there. And it was always a mixed crowd um, on multi-levels. It was just—it was New York, right? Well, it's
0: downtown. It's New York. It's on second.
1: Street. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, you were, there with, you were there with your people, the freaks, geeks, but and
0: creatives. I, I did not party in New York then. I did not. Oh, you did? I went to—I did not. I did not. I went to maybe around the corner to have drinks, but I was— um. No, I didn't really party. I smoked weed for the first time in college with these white kids. (laughs) I had never smoked weed before. You can always count on that. Yeah, they make you do everything. (laughs) I smoked them on lunch break, and I was, like, skipping down the street. Like, I'm not high, I'm not high. Oh, I'm not. That was my first time doing any of that, so I was really focused, you know?
1: right. Right, so so then, what was life like? Like here, you are, you're in, from DC, you know. You you leave Chocolate City to a more sort of like, you know, kind of like a more not so chocolate, not so chocolate, Rocky Road. I don't know, more 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 vanilla. What was what, what were the expectations that you spoke of that they had of you?
0: Well, like so, so it was even more like clinical. It was more trippy, like. Uh, I remember my musical theater teacher was like, uh, we would we would have a, a class called Film Lab, and we watch and discuss and dissect musicals. And I remember Pearlie came on, and mm-hmm. Melba who I had come to work with later many times. I mean, that's a hero for me. That's something I identify with. He's like, that's not musical theater. She's caterwauling. She's not connected to the lyric. And all the black, all the kids in class were like, I felt black. You know. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I felt small, mm. you know, and then, so that was one instance I remember my acting teacher, wonderful teacher, <coughs> really hard on me. I didn't mind that. I'm a black kid in class. We are put into scenes. And so he was really hell-bent on us playing characters that were true to who we are. Right. You know, and yeah. age and all of that. So I had to find a, a scene that I was a black kid. Mm. I couldn't be I mean, the white kids had the wrong head; could do anything wonderful to our town. They had the, the pick of the litter. Right. But I had to find a piece where I was a black kid in a scene with a white woman. So, with that, what what what, did, what scene was that? Uh, me playing a sailor. <laughs> a taste of honey with a white girl that I was in love with, of course, from the fifties. So that's right. all we could find. So again, I felt targeted. Again, this was weird. I never had those things before. And so uh, I left school. Went back to D.C. and just would you, around. You, you were dancing, just over dancing. it. So
1: w- 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 was it that that pushed you out the door? You just like it, – culturally, it just wasn't a good fit for you.
0: I didn't know what was – I didn't know. I just knew that, like you said, I didn't know – I didn't have a name for it or whatever. I just didn't feel – like I belong there, and you know, you know what?
1: And you know what's interesting? You say that because when you come back home, people are like, "Well, why would you give up that opportunity?" But you don't really understand it until you live it. That you didn't yeah. feel like you were giving up an opportunity. You feel like I have to save my own mental health, my own wealth, my own and sanity.
0: I'm also a person. I'm also a person like this. I don't need to be there forever to learn a lesson. Right. I thought I had maybe gotten enough information. I was also ready to go back and share all the great things I've learned with my friends and right. change the world together. Still right. fighting for that. Right, right. right. Let's right. Go. I learned something. Let's learn it and let's run on. Maybe right. that too. Right, right. I had my I had my time was done there. I didn't need to be I didn't need to do that. I think more and more I was becoming more of a director, producer, creative. I started writing more stuff then. I was I was right. also during school directing everybody scene. Wow. <laughs> so also, doing my own number I was directing all I was running rehearsals. Wow. So I was directing their scenes and numbers, I was staging them. Right. So I was still always
1: still nurturing that guy. Right. And I remember I remember one of the first times that I saw you again post graduation was God bless him at Kevin's funeral. You know, that was the first time I saw that was the first time I saw you, I think in years, and I felt and it was so funny because you looked at me and was like, Steven, you home now. You ain't gotta deal with all them people that you deal with out there. You home. Yeah, you said that. You said I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it came. It's like you knew. You were like, You you home now. Let your hair down. You back with your friends. You said it, it, it came out of it came out of left field. It came out of left field. You walked up to me, and two love was not too far behind. And it was like just after the service. And you were like, Steven, you just need to relax. You home now.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't know that I had
1: said that. Yeah, you, well, you, of course, look at what you had to go through. What was going on? You had just, you know, we just lost a dear friend and someone you, I mean, just like, just a, when you Bond, you know, um, your, 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 well, your brother. Kevin
0: had been with me. I mean, like, so Kevin was kind of my muse. I mean, so like kind of everywhere. So, okay, let's see. I went to New York, I came back from New York, I did a cruise ship, like six months on a cruise ship as a dancer, did that. Mm -hmm. Came back to DC, directed stuff, worked with Mike Malone on a lot of stuff, travel, travel, travel. Mm -hmm. I worked with George Faison, the Tony Award winner the Wiz. I was a for 10 years, I did a lot of that. I did that, danced in his shows, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And then I also had gotten commissioned by the Smithsonian to write musicals. Kevin was in those musicals. Mm -hmm. Everything I did, he was kind of always with me. Mm -hmm. I I had become the... uh, Director of the national, the, the national Yoba National Touring Theater Company. Right. We had a relationship. We built that relationship. That relationship was crushed. So I had so I had a lot of experiences. Then I started stage managing touring shows on the road. Right. You know they would hire me because I was the director and I could make it good and keep it better on the road. Right. So I had that life. Those are. I mean, I went through that in thirty seconds, but. I did a whole lot of that stuff.
1: You know, to slow you down a little bit, it's funny about Balik Yoburt, like, there it, is it interesting, like, I would see him when I lived in L.A. the first time when I was single, up on Rodeo. He loves to run up and down Rodeo all the time because, you know, the white girls like to look at him and be like, oh, yeah, Balik you know, because they remember from the shows. And I, I could never, like, never figure out why he always looked so intense, so angry. Like, it was just a regular day. Was that He's him?
0: He's that
1: guy. He's that guy. <laughs> He's that guy. He's always that guy. He's that guy. That was you. Like that's him.
0: I mean, it is him. We were fighting. We,
1: you know, we were
0: fighting. We, you know, we fight, like, dude. You know, but was that guy. <laughs>
1: always
0: swole.
1: Always swole. He's like, a
0: New Yorker. I mean, he's a New Yorker. He's like, you know, he's ready to go.
1: Right. It's all, well, you know, because everything, everything's a fight, right? Everything's a grind, and, you know, you, and we understand it's grimy out there, yes. but it doesn't Everybody's have to
0: be. same grind. Everybody's fighting together. Everybody's right. doing, no, sir, we're all not.
1: Thank that, you. The, amen. <laughs> That's your thing. Bring it I mean, down.
0: Like, I went arts high school. I'm trained. <laughs> that, was, that was the thing. Like, no, I don't
1: have to do that. So you're yeah. back from New York. You reconnected with Kevin, and Kevin becomes your, like, your spiritual, artistic muse, and after all that drama, then what happens next?
0: I mean we separate he goes into the world uh, you know we separate and then he dies. I mean it's that simple? <laughs> and we, you know and Marion wrote a wonderful song, you will be missed. It was a beautiful song he had us all he wrote it in Kevin's memory and and thought of him. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song.
1: Yeah, you know I I, I think I think about Kevin from time to time and um and I think about just the the, the band the group that they had with uh you know, uh oh. is, um, Keith and um uh yeah. yeah, Matt and um and and um oh I can't remember the little one. <laughs> He's gonna be mad when he hears this. No,
0: just on the, little the big one now, right. yes Raymond. <laughs> And Raymond would be like
1: Who the hell Steven I'ma smack you
0: When I remind me be like, i would be like I know you're big and tall And so <laughs> yeah. His name
1: is Mooney. Mooney. M- yeah something. I know I, I, So so it was funny When we moved back here the, the second time Steven did it No yeah, it was my fault So so Keith was talking to me He was like Yeah Raymond was just saying Man what's going on with Steven Like he acts like He do not even know me I was like What you mean He was like Yeah he said he connected with you and you wouldn't even connect him didn't even talk to him i said what do you mean i've been looking for raymond i'm literally i'm online googling him trying to find him that is
0: the problem his name isn't raymond <laughs> yeah, you see,
1: I, look keith i was so mad keith was like no that you got to look him up as so and so i said that was him i was did like y'all find each other? yeah well, i think we did i just want sworn we connected on instagram but okay. yeah, I didn't know who he was at first. And I was like cuz then then I learned he was in Texas. And you know what's funny?
0: was funny. Yeah, he's in te- That's him. So Tyra was with me yesterday. Oh, really? Ty, you know Tyra? Yeah, Ty-
1: Fennell. Fennell, yeah. Yeah.
0: Are y'all okay?
1: No. No, no, we good. No, we good. I look, I love Tyra though. You know, it's funny, you know, when I was, the second time I moved from California, um, you know, Tyra was one of the first people to reach out to me and show me and show me love.
0: She came and we went hiking yesterday.
1: No kidding. Oh, you did? Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yes, did. Very, she's so funny.
1: Well, she's she running the whole arts district in San Francisco now, right? And she's the assistant. She's the, the what is
0: it? To the mayor. Something.
1: The assistant associate deputy mayor. Yeah, some shit. Yes. Well <laughs> that's the good thing about friends you never worry about it's funny, I never worry about what my friends are doing in terms of titles. I just want to connect with them. Like I don't really it's it's funny, the people I grew up with at Duke Ellington and even those with big name IDs, medium IDs I don't care. I just want to connect with them personally. Well
0: no, because it's something deeper and it's visceral. But I mean, just it's interesting to see where people land that, Right. you know, where they land. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know. Yeah. She's the fucking assistant to the
1: mayor. <laughs> the the, is it, and you guys went hiking. What, what, which trail did you take her on?
0: Running, run, uh, running Canyon. We took that, the high one coming back. Well, we well, she ended up on her ass, shooting down. <laughs> She's she, she, That's on my Instagram. Look at that. Hilarious. I'll inbox you. Don't you share that
1: post. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That was amazing.
0: hilarious.
1: So, yeah. So then you're back in D.C. and then was this when you start teaching?
0: So, I mean, so let's see. I, I, again, I've, I've always jumped back and forth between from one side of the table to the other. Right. Performing, boom! I went to Greece and performed in the Acropolis, came back and was choreographed or something. So I was always confused. But um, so then in some way I started teaching school.
1: And I see I see my goodness, your resume in D.C. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. It's like Billy and George. Um, oh, the Gunson Arts a Center
0: a year ago, all
1: the way down to what is this at As You Dig It at the Washington Shakespeare Company? I mean,
0: listen, I've choreographed for every I think I was a part of the institution of building Black Theater DC, the rebirth. I now choreographed stuff for the Asian Theater, Washington Shakespeare Theater, all the theaters. I Do was, you remember
1: a name, oh, Kelly movie. Chauncey? Do you know Kelly Chauncey? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure you you know his face. He was our artistic director when I was at Black Rock when I was there last. And um, kind of brown skin, light skin, short. Grew up in the city. His sister teaches at Duke Ellington now too. I don't know, but you know, I'm a
0: relic. I'm almost 50. I don't know. <laughs> I do used to have dreads. But, um, I, but at that time, I was choreographing mm-hmm. all the shows in the city. Like all of the shows. I, right. I had a whole career. It's just that. Right. <laughs> yes. Then I started teaching after all that.
1: Wow. Wow, I forgot
0: about the
1: open theater, you have DC's DC, DC Art Center. Um, I, took that I, I mean, Rocky, say you need to have your star, you need to have like a star in DC. Yeah. Says the
0: Asia, the Asia Theater, Cena Theater, was, done you've done them
1: all. I did. Wow. And so and so, so you're in
0: demand. I mean, at this point, right? I, I mean, yeah, so I, I, and after that, I began writing musical, book and lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, so I was commissioned by the Smithsonian to write four new musicals. I did that. That was a new career for me. Oh, now yeah. I can write. I'm writing the my librettist. Look at him. Yeah, you're like gone. <laughs> my name in life. It's a whole, it's a whole nother growth. I'm writing it. Right. Writing it, um, Doing the whole thing. Well,
1: yeah, but then now you get to control the whole thing, end to end, the
0: whole vision.
1: From yeah. Scene to yeah that. to birth, right?
0: I, I like that. Right. Because sometimes I get in rehearsal and be like, "Who wrote this? Yeah, <laughs> strike <laughs> it. The let's rewrite it." Fuck that! <laughs> I would say that. Right. <laughs> and so I had a lot of opportunities, you know, to get my work. To the next level. That that's where the stall came. I think.
1: Yeah. And, you know,
0: because I was I was in this fight against the Chippen Circuit and Real Theater, and so I was caught in the middle of that because I worked in both. Right. You know. So I was trying to I was trying to level that joint and. Because I could eat chitlins, but I also like caviar. So I figured I could be the mixture of both.
1: You know, I, I I kind of resent the notion in some ways you have to choose. Like there is a there is the the beauty that is the arts that exists in different spectrums and it is expressed in different
0: here's differently. the problem. Here's the problem, and I can say this confidently. Mm-hmm. In order to make change in a shift to something, a genre or whatever, yeah. you have to first know what that genre is. Ooh.
1: So when you
0: when you come in and you don't know anything, right? By default, you are shaping something, and that I think that is dangerous. Mm. So I think you have to have some information. I don't think that you should just wake up one day. I wanted to go do a play and just go do a play, but right? I, that's I, I, I take issue with that, right? Because people study, and I think it's a crap. And so that's my issue. So that's why that's what I say in reference to that. Hmm. So with that being said, some of them are not the most informational people when it comes to the world of theater. They just <laughs>
1: But see, what, you, what I'm gathering that you're hitting at is there's got to be some sort of structure, something around you to guide you when you're new enter into the arts. But how did that play out? But, but but how did that play out when you were at the dance department? Because I remember those dance teachers. I remember I took a dance class and I remember all the dance teachers kicked my tail. I had to take one as appreciation. How did you do that? Because they they really did structure. What you guys learned in that department?
0: I mean, I know. I mean, but so in the in the world, there is no police. There is no theater police that says you need to follow these rules. Right. Like, so people just, you know, change by default. Right. So I think that's the problem. But the dance department is ballet, and dance is the most structured thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it shapes your discipline. All of it. I had a problem with that. It wasn't that discipline.
1: But you know, it was funny because. I watched some of the things you did when you did some of the student performances that you were able to create. And I remember the first time I went to the Kennedy Center and I saw Shin Wei. He's an Asian modern dancer from from uh-huh. from and 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 they they put the canvas on the on the on the stage and they and they have paint all over their bodies and so when you buy a piece of the fabric you're buying the strokes from uh-huh. either their from some movement that they've done yeah. and it's amazing we framed one i mean it was incredible it's huge and um and that's the kind of like interesting Provocative kind of art I saw you perform, and you would not have been able to do that if you didn't free yourself from traditional artistic constructs.
0: Yeah, but I knew what they were. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was freeing myself from. That's true. So intentionally I could decide to make, a, make an adjustment. Wow. I just have to be ignorant. Like I don't I'm a, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna operate on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's my opinion. I mean, everybody's different. and The thing has existed by itself. But anyway, I wanted to do the thing that was a mixture of both. Right. I thought I could level that. Well, I think, I. you I know, listen, I honestly, think that's promised, amazing. I, listen, I never promised a shit in the circuit. I mean, the, the theater community did. <laughs> they were like, this is not theater. And I thought in a way they were kind of replacing it in the mainstream world, maybe. And right. being passed off as real theater and real theater professionals we're not getting an opportunity because of that new thing. So there, there are lots of arguments, which I think are valid.
1: Well, I remember, you know, one of my mentors was a guy, a black arts movement guy from New York City, nonetheless. Um, his name was Ed Bullens. Um,
0: I, okay, yeah, but look, we, we changed. That's what they did. Those people, the precursors, they did that. Negro theater, Negro ensemble. Yes. DC black Breath, Ed Bullens. Yes. Uh, all of that's what they did, but they were intellectuals. Right. They weren't they weren't people who just randomly sure Yeah. They aided in an art form because she wouldn't let us in. So right. we went and made our
1: own. Right. Right. I I mean, you know, when when I was part of his theater troupe and I started reading more Ed and I started performing his stuff, I started realizing the brilliance of what he was doing in terms of oh, yeah. comedy and social protest and highlighting the dilemma of the black experience in a they
0: way new forms of in
1: that. Yeah, and that was you know, the first time I actually met Amari Baraka too. Now, I you know in right? I mean, like you meet these
0: people and you don't even I'm like, I'm- well, we cannot compare these people to Amari Baraka. Right. And, and women yeah, it's true. And all the rest and and, and uh right. Woody king and, right. all and the like. Right. Uh Douglas Turner Ward. Woo. We cannot
1: compare these Yes.
0: People to that. Right. Okay. Right. These are intellectuals. Right. The mind thinking on complex levels. Yeah, like, left over from the Hall of Renaissance, all of those mm-hmm. ideologies and that movement. Right. Also, the, the theater movement and all of the art mirrors the time in, in that we live. Right. I mean, that civil rights, there was civil protests in the theater. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, man. Yeah, I can't compare these people to them. Sorry.
1: No, 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 no. But, but, but what is amazing with that is that what you experienced and what to some degree that I experienced was the the vision that the black arts movement had in some ways. Like, you know, oh, yeah. it's like, I mean, because they they were just looking for access. At this point, we're looking for respect, access, and opportunity. And we're See, kind of...
0: I felt, I felt going into the world, meeting that resistance, I felt there was no place for me. Mm. So that, you still that felt that like there was
1: more work to be done.
0: Well, where, 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 where i thought i could have done the work but nobody was elevating me to that place right i mean i was caught between the chip there's that thing you're too th- i would have promoters now say who are used to your work's too good to be for black theater what what
1: so what does that too mean right
0: but so that that's the argument so i'm caught in the place of too good not white enough. i'm so i'm caught in a place that i don't know what to do
1: right right so With you
0: all the things. yeah so that was that
1: so when you were stuck so when you were stuck in this abyss, is that yeah. where you decided to say, well, well, hell with costume with the way I'm just gonna go teach for a little while and um and influence some young people and be inspired?
0: No, I, I wish it was that I wish it was that uh thoughtful. No, I probably had some like emotional breakdown and cried a lot. And I was <laughs> like, no, I can't pay my rent. These creeps are producing bullshit I can't get in. No, right. I already cried for long for a few weeks. Right. And then I just I just wiped my tears and I just kept going. You just keep going, right? You find a way, find a way to keep going. I had have have lots of distractions. That's what I needed. Right. I felt I needed distraction, so right. I distracted myself. I went to I went to the club a lot. I drank a lot, and then I became a teacher. Right. And and, then, and, you know, you and what were center. you teaching?
1: What were you teaching?
0: Dance and theater.
1: Okay. Where?
0: Six years at Columbia Heights Educational Campus. But I also ran a summer program there with kids. I was doing professional theater with kids. I tried anyway.
1: Wow, that's cool. And I
0: created this is probably another term, maybe you talked about. And I don't talk about this often not anymore. But I wrote um set set it off the musical. Yep. You oh, heard about that? no? Hold on, you wrote set it off? I wrote set it off the musical. I adapted it from film to stage.
1: Oh wow. I, you know what? Why did I remember you saying I read did I I read that somewhere?
0: Well, well, the producer who was going to produce so here's my break there's a guy who's going to produce my show three million dollars on the show the chitlin circuit mixture of genres he was going to produce it the next day he announced that he was producing his version of set it (laughs) all oh so he he was like so i didn't steal your show i said no you took my opportunity anyway he (laughs) did it without me so it traveled the country with queen latif with um the brat but that was my that was my dream oh that's messed
1: up. Huh? I mean, I guess that's the way it goes, but that's just like I, I wouldn't be happy.
0: I mean, what you mean is the way? I mean, it's like you can share. It's my idea. <laughs> it's how did? how, how did just go? Take your idea and just go with it like that. And he got the rights. I, I mean, I had to introduce him to the writer. I mean, we were talking. It was like one day, but whatever that happened. I was in L.A. at the time because I was like, we're gonna stop rehearsing, set it off soon.
1: Did they pay that you? Man, right? did, did, did 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 they pay you a royalty? They didn't give me anything. But well, these people, fuck there's you. animals out here. I'm telling you, there could be animals in the game. I swear.
0: Fuck you. They fuck you, whatever. Jeez. So I, di- I dealt with that. But here's the thing. Also, at the same time that was happening, I was burnt out. I really didn't mm-hmm. want to do it anyway. <laughs> the universe is funny. I was right. tired of it. I was tired. I was exhausted. I taught school for six years. I had escaped. I quit teaching school in the middle of the sixth year, and then ran away to L.A. So, at the same time. So, when I got to LA, I was kind of tired. I didn't want to do it anyway. Right. You were so like,
1: no, nothing to do with this. I
0: didn't want it taken from me. <laughs> right. But I didn't I didn't feel like doing it. I was burnt. So, yep. I, I got did. to LA and decided to just live normally. I want to see what it's like to just be normal. I worked every job. I made boxes. I worked at factories. I did stuff. That you I've talk about this time. Was... So, this,
1: so, this so this, this instance with you living in LA, this was your first time living in LA or second?
0: No, this is the last time. The last. This is the last six years. I have worked. I have worked all kinds of odd jobs. I have banged a hammer. I have cleaned up shit. I've done. <laughs> I've done things I would have never done. I gave myself license to just do something. See what else you got. Right. No, I ever been with an artist. I wanted to see what else.
1: I tell you, when they write, when you when you, when 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 you write that book, it's going to be interesting. Ah! And I've seen you. So I've seen you dressed up like a police officer. I've seen you doing so. so whistle. So tell me, so what's so what's Rocky's up to these so days?
0: Man, slowly but sure. I have been an events manager. I've I've managed big festivals like the Strawberry Festival mm-hmm. or uh, Slut Walk. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've managed those events mm-hmm. from uh, from that's another thing I picked up along mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. uh, from permits to vendors mm-hmm. to layouts concept. So I did that. And then uh, that business shrunk and I was squeezed out. And then I just started working everywhere. Then I started doing background work, just trying to figure out what film and TV, what the medium was about. I didn't know it. I came from the theater. Right. So I wanted to find a way to learn. And that right. was my way. On set.
1: On set. Wow. And I see you. I see you. And so what were some of the productions you've been able to work on in the last uh, last three years? You know, last- oh, it's just
0: a ton. I, I, was, I made a ton. I, I did, uh, what's that thing? Uh, a lot of them. I I did uh, I don't remember who <laughs> we call him right now.
1: No, I um, know because your your brain is just like your brain.
0: Your brain. I just did. I just did. Lindy Kravitz video. His new video uh, three days ago. I've been on the new Fraser. Um, What's the movie about Dahmer? And people are seeing me and shit. They're like my God, we're seeing you and stuff But for me, that was all about. I never wanted to be seen on it. I just wanted to have the experience. <laughs> right. Right. Studying and- the camera people, what they're doing, how that back, how that behind the camera is working ultimately i'm going to end up creating and so, i have since started creating content.
1: yeah so what do you think where would you like Rockies to be in another like 10 years or so maybe
0: alive <laughs> let's let's start with alive <laughs> but what i would like to do at that in 10 years i'd like to have five broadway musicals running uh, simultaneously to each other, movies in the theater that I've created, that I've starred in, TV shows, content I've created, I've starred in, and opportunities I've given to people. So, yeah, that's what I want to be everywhere.
1: According to your IMBD, according to your IMBD, At the Cross is one of your more recent ones. Did you do At the Cross? First of all,
0: I, I didn't even know that there was an IMBD page for me. No, I knew there was stuff on there, and there's stuff you got to do. it right? Up there.
1: And the day after yeah, you paid the dad? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I've done a lot of stuff. I just you, yeah. well, you're a true see, artist. I you know, do the work. You
1: don't. You don't want the accolades. You want to do the work. I. That's
0: all. i want to do the work. I'm right. The process.
1: Right. And so you get to L.A. and then like and then one point, I see you. It's so interesting. Um, I love seeing that you you connected with a church out there too as well. I go to church. Hey. There ain't nothing wrong. Look, I didn't. I would expect nothing less from someone who grew up in
0: D.C. New City Church, New City, yeah. New city. My pastor is like Korean. That's hilarious.
1: That you know what an experience I love. You know what? Listen, when you get out of the legalism of church and you get to go and have church, an experience, relationship, you begin to—it's a whole different experience.
0: Well, that's why I go. I can't say I believe in any of it. I'm not gonna say. I mean, I'm just saying that I like the idea of fellowship and positive thinking. That—that's that's it. it. If nothing more than that, I'm
1: I'm there. I you know, honestly, at the end of the day, I I think that's you know, the big man upstairs or big person upstairs, whichever way you want to look at it, that's all is required is to love your fellow person and 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 just have that fellowship and relationship. That's it.
0: All the I other agree. stuff,
1: all that other stuff is cultural. All that other stuff is cultural.
0: I just believe at the end of the day, all the only thing that matters is the life that you live and what you got behind. Because you can't take none of this with you. No, pockets full. It's it's no. all turning to dust. I mean, so be nice, be kind to people, spread love, be love, share joy, and that's all I got.
1: And that that's the greatest yes. disciple of a human being that you could possibly, possibly be on this planet. I think that's that's that's, that's really that's that's really what it's about. Um, I believe that. <laughs>
0: I believe that you know people make up shit, but I believe that. Now you believe that. I believe that what you said.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well, listen, Rakis, it is. This has been one of the. This has been a fun, a extremely fun, um, conversation, and you did to get on here. Absolutely, update this IMDb. IMDb. I
0: mean, I don't. I don't. Listen, You're
1: you you like, ain't got time for this. <laughs> I didn't come in for
0: that. If somebody, somebody's looking for me, they will find me. Right, yeah, that's too much work. And I'm not that technical. Like, you, That's a lot of shit. Right. Typing my second final draft is technical enough. So, and, and where
1: in L.A. are you living now? I live downtown. I love the downtown area. First of all, they have like that Mexican festival where they come down there and they like all the different Mexican restaurants out on the street making street food. I used to
0: be Mexican. My, my, my mom calls me Mexican. <laughs> Your mom you play. know what's funny? Here's the thing. Yeah. I, never met a, I never met a Mexican person until I moved to L.A. I, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, people that they think I'm being racist, I'm like there are there were no Mexicans in DC. No, there's Salvadorians.
1: There's Salvadorians.
0: And that came after the war in El Salvador.
1: Right. <laughs> right.
0: So before that, I mean, there was a different guy, but you didn't know what he was. We didn't think about that.
1: We didn't think about that kind of stuff. It was interesting.
0: But- there were no Chinese
1: kids. Maybe one. I don't know. I, don't I had one. I, look, Sherelle said to I had one. His his par- his parents owned the uh the carry out on 12th Street over by uh was that is that South Dakota or Michigan Avenue or Michigan Avenue South
0: right, 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 right across
1: from Brookland? Um, yeah. well they had the best chicken and mumbo sauce. But that was only one. There was the one. Yeah, kid. exactly.
0: Was like a community of them. So people think we're being racist. No, that's just the way
1: it was. No, it's just the way it was. Just bottom line. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yeah!
0: Wow. You were to me. Thank- I feel like I could have done this all day. We could just banter back and forth. <laughs>
1: Look, we could definitely. We have plenty of time. Um, yeah. uh, to to you know to, to continue to talk, but I you know I certainly I, I want to have you back on the show. Um Let's go. I would love to talk about the business of the business, and get a couple people on like of sort of a little like panel, like you know discussion like this, and talk about like what. Is what is this business, and what do you need to know, uh, so you don't get taken advantage
0: of? So I. Right. <laughs> I think you should know that you're going to get taken advantage nah.
1: um, <laughs> Like, you should just go ahead and prepare. over, grease up, and just take it. Or, or you're just not going to be in it. Like, we're not like me. Make I'm sure, like Make sure you shave it up, shave, go on and clean it up because you're going to get taken. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you wanted that
0: bad, I, mean, how, I think the thing is how bad you want it. Right. And what are you willing to give up because you might like you said shave it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, I love it. (coughs) Well, listen, the world, everyone out there, I want to thank you for joining, listening to the lovable, always—I af- mean, just full of affection—Rocky's Petrie, uh, actor, choreographer, director. I mean, has lived a full life, as you can see from this conversation. And I think what this journey really tells me is that you know, I—I—I I, I like to teach a class on building intentional networks, right? And so I talk a lot about like um, being authentic, being original, and sticking to it. And I think what happens is is when you're on this journey of finding your purpose right you you, you never give up like for you so and and in fact that was one thing before we leave you said you just recently discovered your purpose with all of that history everything you've accomplished what is your purpose now Rocky
0: I am I'm that guy who's the happy Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday guy I I love we talked I think we started off talking about this I love my purpose is to light people's faces up Mm. just that's by my mere presence. Your presence. I, I love it. People see me, they get happy.
1: So in, in and how and how has that impacted your art form? Your creative, your your, your creative side.
0: I think it, it 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 uh touch it it it, it, it does something to my soul, mm. which then informs everything else. So when with that happening, then uh it informs everything else right the love the amount of joy that starts here and opens up is shared right so that's how it works. well, well someone some well, that... so you know what's funny I'm waiting to see it I'm waiting to see what the next thing that I create how that manifests right and so
1: and, and that's that's the advocacy part of it like you know you've already shown throughout your life that you want to give back to young people it sounds like now you want to give back to the universe
0: I have to or oh, it's combustible. <laughs>
1: Gone James Baldwin.
0: Or this is combustible. No, 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 yeah. it will, it will, I will implode. Right. But for a long time I didn't want to create anything, but now I'm I need to And that's what I was waiting for. See, that's I, what I was living for. I wasn't waiting, I was living. Right. So I, I need to have something to say. And I did not. And now I think I did.
1: You know, and that's that's brilliant because, you know, if you don't have anything to say, don't say it. Don't talk. Just silence. That's look. Look, you say that's God, the universe telling you to.
0: Yeah, because I'm looking for stuff. You you don't have to look for that which is ready to come out. It's already ready. It's ready. It's ready. It's either there or not. And then when it's not there, just, you know, keep living. Right. (laughs) I I I realize I would become a better actor and a better writer the more I live. Life. Mm. Like, like more experience, you have the more shit you can talk about, right? To draw from, so I'm ready now.
1: Right, You're okay. ready. you ready? You, they say you know, and some folks like to say they're pregnant with this vision, they're pregnant with this idea, and they want to birth it.
0: out. Wow. <laughs> so, so you ready now? You ready to get it out? Ready to go? The baby is ready to go. I've got several babies. I told you I'm gonna have five shows on Bravo. It's not gonna be one; it's gonna be five. That's how I work. It's going not only just one thing; it's gonna be five shows everywhere.
1: Right, and then you, by the time you're done, you'll be so exhausted, you'll be you'll shut up again and be quiet. Let's go. Let's go. There's
0: gonna, be, there's gonna be so much work out there.
1: Right. Yeah, five shows at once, not one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm ready. Wow, that's that's, that's amazing. Well, Rocky's uh, any parting words you want to give to to the universe, to the world, I do. as um, as we talk about artwork of purpose and you know your art or anything oh, you want to say. You, you can say whatever really, you want to say. I really. um, well, I want to just say
0: this. My my mantra. Every day is the best day ever. Um, We are always living in our art. Our art is always living in us. Just keep living (laughs) as long as you can.
1: Wow. That's profound. I love it. Just keep living. And you know what? Something like that sounds so simple to do until you hit that brick wall. Until one day you've hit that space where something either tragic or something something unexpected happens and you have to keep pushing through. But Stephen, here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing I've learned: like, like, you cannot control the things that happen to you in your life. You cannot.
1: That's true. You Cannot
0: control what happens. That's true. What you do have control over is how you feel about it. Yes. That you can choose. So I, yeah. I run into a football every day. There are moments in every day. I'd be like, nope, hold up. Right. Nope. Nope, <laughs> nope. You gotta come on. I have to talk to myself. I gotta keep reminding. Nope. Right. Let's go. Right. So it ain't easy. You
1: know what it is, what you
0: say it is. You say it's hard, it's hard. Right. It's, it's up to you.
1: You decide how you can decide. That's amazing. You know what? I will and we'll leave it right there. And uh and like I said, you know, thank you very much. Uh when you when you're in your purpose, it's like artwork, baby. This is what I do